0: the word of the Lord from Psalm 104 let all that I am praise the Lord O oh Lord my God how great you are you are robed with honor and majesty you are dressed in a robe of light you stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens you place the word the world on its foundation so it would never be moved you clothe the earth with floods of water water that covered even the mountains By your command, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. Then you set a firm boundary for the seas so they would never again cover the earth. You made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness, and it becomes night. When all the forest animals prowl about, then the young lions roar for their prey stocking the food provided by God. At dawn, they slink back into their dens to rest. Then people go off to their work, where they labor until evening. O oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. The earth trembles at his glance, the mountains smoke at his touch. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath May all my thoughts be pleasing to him For I rejoice in the Lord let all, my sinner, let all sinners vanish from the face of the earth Let the wicked disappear forever Let all that I am praise the Lord
1: Bendice alma mía al Señor Señor mi Dios, Tú eres grandioso Te has revestido de la gloria y majestad Tú cubres de luz como un manto Extiendes los cielos como una cortina. Afirmas sobre las aguas tus altos aposentos y haces de las nubes tu carro de guerra. Tú pusiste la tierra sobre sus cimientos y de ahí jamás caerá. La revestiste con el mar y las aguas se detuvieron sobre los montes. Pero a tu reprensión huyeron las aguas. Ante el estruendo de tu voz se dieron a la fuga. Asedieron a los montes. Ascendieron a los montes Descendieron a los valles Al lugar que tú Les asignaste Pusiste una frontera Que ellas no pueden cruzar Para que no vuelvan A cubrir la tierra Él hizo la luna Que marca las estaciones Y el sol Que sabe cuando ocultarse Tú traes la oscuridad Y cae la noche, y en sus sombras se arrancan los, se, se arrastran los animales del bosque. Los leones rugen, reclamando su presa, pidiendo a Dios que les dé su alimento. Pero al salir el sol se retiran y vuelven a echarse en sus guaridas. Sale entonces la gente a cumplir sus tareas, a hacer su trabajo hasta la tarde. Oh Señor, cuán numerosas son tus obras, todas ellas las hiciste con sabiduría esta es la palabra de Dios
0: these words are true
2: out your hands like you're receiving a gift. Lord, we ask in your name that you would grant us, man, like a loving parent on Christmas morning who can't wait to watch an elated child be excited, grant us the ability to see you as the place where all the beauty comes from divinely give us the capacity to do this. We cannot see without your illuminating. If you would just in a spirit of prayer with hands open, posture of heart that's receptive, just ask, say, God, show me your beauty. Pray that God, show me your beauty. Pray for the person next to you that they would see the beauty of God. The people around you, if it's your spouse, pray for them. If it's your kids, pray for them. Kids, pray for your parents. If you don't know who it is, that's cool. Pray for them. Pray that they would see the beauty of God. then all I ask is that you would pray for me, that I would proclaim the good news of God clearly. Lord, let me not only be a deliverer of your good news, let me be one in whom your good news overwhelms. I pray that you would protect and guide the delivery and the reception. In your name, amen. You can take a seat. Uh, we're going to start today's message just a little bit different. Um because I want to, uh, I want to honor this season of prayer that we are in—the 21 days of prayer—and thank you so much for uh, being a part of it. We have hundreds and hundreds of people at the different campuses, the family churches we have. Um, that are bringing prayer into their regular rhythms. You are praying in your offices. You are praying in your workplaces. You are praying um, while you're driving down the road. You're praying in the morning. You're praying in the evenings. And you're bringing prayer into your homes. I love it. I love how prayer is literally being brought to the places that you do daily life. I think that's super cool. So thank you for participating in that. And the way we're going to kind of continue this is I want to do a quick review from last week, and then we're going to do just time of reflection. So I asked Josh if he'd hang around just a little longer today. Um, yeah, because I'm going to give you some time to, we, that's right, Kevin likes you, and others do too. Um, we want to spend some time before the Lord in reflection. Uh, so quick review, and then we're going to do that. Last week, we opened the series on prayer, if you weren't here last week, by showcasing the beauty of the cosmos, right? Week one was look up. How literally in front of you, if you take the time to look up, so prayer is not only a looking down and closing your eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. To shut out the noise, you know, humility, the humbling before God. That's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But prayer can also be a looking up and being enamored by the evidence of infinite and the evidence of glorious, the evidence of God as the source of all beautiful things. Look up. Week one was look up. Maybe the way to say it would be this. The cosmos, reflecting on last week, the cosmos sings of God's creative power. The cosmos sings of God's creative power. Just look up. If you didn't see last week's message, I encourage you to go online at EncounterTrinity.com. You can check it out there as we examine Psalm 19.1. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to now bring our gaze, as we think about prayer and worship, we're going to bring our gaze out of the cosmos and down around us learning how to pray and see worship all around us so week two is look around look around I wanna begin this, uh, if you would, pull out the Next Steps card. This is uh, just so you can reflect, okay? So as a, as a way to reflect, grab the Next Steps card, pull one out. I'm just gonna have you do some reflection on there. So grab the Next Steps cards, pull one out, pass it down to your neighbor. Be like, here, take this. They're like, I don't want one. Be like, here, take it. I don't want one. Yes, you do. Take one. That's right. Yes, you do. You want one. Grab a next steps card. And here's what I want you to do. Just, and and I'll give you an opportunity to turn this in later if you want, but you don't have to. You can keep this if you want to. uh, But I'll give you an opportunity to, you know, kind of offer your reflections to God in a little bit. And you don't have to. If you would, on your next steps card, just take a moment. And this is why I'm going to give you literally about a minute and a half, two minutes here. And I want you to write out... It can just be a word or two representing a memory where you experienced a time when your heart thought and felt, wow, this is really good, this is really good. So maybe for you, and you can write out four or five, if you only got two, that's okay too. If you got 25, write fast, you won't have enough time to get them down. So just remember a moment where your heart thought, wow, this is so good. It might be the day one of your babies was born. You know, you remember holding your child for the first time and you had just this overwhelming feeling of, wow, this is really good. Maybe for you, it might be like you went to the beach. It was a really long season. Uh, Maybe you live in Indiana and right now we are in the eternal Narnian winter. At least temperature-wise, it feels that way sometimes. I'm from the South. I'm a wimp. And maybe you remember a really long, cold, hard winter and you had that like beach vacation in February or March and you went to the beach and you remember putting your feet in the sand when you finally got there and looking up and feeling the warm of the sun and the cool of the breeze, that awesome combination. And you're listening to the waves roll in. Maybe that's a beautiful moment, a vacation, a specific one. Maybe a beautiful moment for you. Maybe you're like an active person. And like when you finished that marathon, some of you are like, that is not me. But if it is you, like you finished that marathon, all the work and commitment and time that went into it. And when you ran across that line, you just had this moment where you thought, I did it. I'm so glad. Thank you, God, for allowing that. If that was maybe a moment for you, write that down. Maybe it was the day you said, I do. Maybe it was the day you got your degree, you finally graduated. Just take about two minutes and write down two, three, four, maybe five things where you thought you remember this is good. Go ahead and write. For those that listen to the sermon on the podcast, you can remember while you drive. Take some time and write them down. Three, four things, five things. down. I finished one of the services and a guy came up to me uh, in the last, it was over at the other campus, I just finished preaching and a guy came up to me and he goes, my moment, my moment was, I was meeting with a, with a Christian counselor and all of a sudden it dawned on me, I am not chained by my past. And he was that was my moment. I just remember feeling so free. Maybe that's your moment. about another 10 seconds write down a moment or two or three you said this is good this is good this was good not only did it feel good it was good it was a good thing that happened All right, well, you're finishing this up. I I just wanna give you uh, this thought. This is the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and it says this, the chief end, the Westminster Shorter Catechism says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and, let me try that again. The chief and the primary purpose of humanity is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I want to begin today, as we continue our series on prayer, to reconnect good things with God as the source. So the first thing I want you to do, we're gonna do versions of this all morning long. Look down at your list, look down at your list. Pick one of those things that is objectively good. It didn't only feel good, because sometimes things can feel good in a moment, but they're not objectively good and you know it. I'm talking about things that are objectively good, like that the beautiful sunset on the beach, hiking in the mountains, the time you held your baby, maybe the day you got married, whatever it is, right? I want you to look at something that is objectively good and it felt good. I just want you to look at it and remember that moment, and here's the crazy thing. God made that moment when you said, this is good. God made that moment. Lord, I pray in your name that today you would divinely give us the capacity them in reception, me in delivery, you in understanding and cause of all of these good things. Let us divinely today reconnect good things with you as the source. Let us war against the enemy in his effort to separate good things from you as the source and let us sow that truth back together so we might prepare our hearts to enjoy you for forever reclaim our awareness of you as the fountain of all beautiful things. In your name, amen. Josh, thank you for filling in some of that. I'm gonna call you back up pretty quick, so don't go too far. Don't go too far. I wanna offer you an idea as we get into more of this, and, and, and this is, I think, incredibly important for us to think about. I believe I really believe, I believe the enemy works. There is spiritual warfare, there is a fight, it is difficult. I believe the enemy works to fervently separate your awareness of God from good things. I believe the enemy is fervently working to separate your awareness of God from good things, to pull those apart. And he often does it by distraction. It's like you go to the beach and you enjoy it, and before you get to the moment where you go, God could made this, thank you God for this, it's like he distracts you with something. He's trying to constantly separate your awareness of a good moment from God as the source of the good moment. Psalm 104, 24 25 says this, O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great." The Hebrew here is actually pretty interesting for those that like, I like language, I'm not a linguist, but I like language. And I find words really interesting. And there's a Hebrew idea woven through this text that's actually kind of difficult to translate that you'll find in commentaries. And it's this idea that God has a foresight that is aiming for a particular end thing. So let me see if I can explain it. Uh, Take in the scripture, for example, the waters teeming with creatures. So maybe think of like, a school of fish swimming together as they do in the ocean. It's, it's really cool to watch. Like if you've seen it on like Discovery Channel or whatever. Where the fish are swimming in these schools and they're all together working. Well, your scene of that and enjoying it as being cool, God made it. Not just the fish, he made the moment you looked at it and thought, wow, that's cool. He made that moment that you were impressed by it. And then if you back it up, like in the Hebrew here, if you back up the idea, the foresight of God, literally the knowledge of God that sees complexity and aims all of that complexity at a moment. So way back, when God created the cosmos And he created the cosmological constants like high and low nuclear and electromagnetism and gravity. These these boundary keepers of the universe in which everything can actually be. When God spoke and material came into being, the big bang of it all or whatever, right? Like all of a sudden there is Stuff and it's able to do things, and there's material things, and they're bound, and there's energy, and and then as God shapes it all, and then birth stars and the sun and the Milky Way galaxy, and, and He creates all of its complexity. Then He builds the Earth, and He creates like gravity that holds it together in a unique way and circles it around the sun and there's just enough daylight and it's close enough but not too far away that biological life can happen and then there's got to be oxygen and there's got to be all these and all of this complexity and then there's animals and there's fish and then somehow they're communicating all of the billions of complex things that lead to the moment where that school of fish swims In a pattern, and the moment you see it happen, and then that moment where you go, Wow, that's cool, God's complex foresight led to that moment when you thought, Wow, that's cool. And He did it all on purpose. What a thought! So when you look at your list of things that are beautiful, maybe for you it was like the first time you held your baby. Maybe for you it was a, a wonderful beach vacation after a long, hard season. Maybe for you it was like when you graduated. Maybe for you it was when you got married. Maybe for you, I don't know, maybe for you it was when you finished some really big thing like a marathon or uh, you completed, it felt good that God gave you the vitality to be able to make that happen. But that moment where you, not just the science of a baby being born, but the actual emotion and enjoyment of it, God made that moment. Here's how I would maybe say it. God brilliantly, brilliantly, God brilliantly crafted billions and billions of moments where his creation would elatedly say, this is good. This is good. The unbelievable, complex roadmap that led to somebody saying, this is good. God made it. Look again at your list. I don't want you to think about the mass of complex things that had to go into that moment happening, the complex things that led to you living in a spot, the complex things that led to the resources The complex things that led to a sunrise being able to actually happen or life being able to actually think of all the complexities that led to that moment right there, that personal moment with you and God. Just look at your list and be aware God made that moment. He made it. G.K. Chesterton, anybody here ever read the book Orthodoxy? One, We got one. Awesome. You know what? I'm discovering two. Maybe we got two people in here, just a couple. Uh, Yeah. So every once in a while, I've been doing services this morning, right? And uh, I bet you a total of less than seven people have raised their hand all morning long. Uh, So I'm just going to encourage you. This is one to add to the list if you've not read it. Uh, Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. It's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, Chesterton was influential with a whole whole bunch of theologians. Uh, The book... I didn't think about it as being dense, but one of my staff members was like, that is a really dense book. And then as I thought about it, I was like, it kind of is, but listen, it's worth it. And it's an old enough book. I'm sure there's a Spanish translation of it. So go for it, baby. Orthodoxy is phenomenal, G.K. Chesterton. And in the book Orthodoxy, Chesterton says this. It's a long quote, but I want to put it before you. Because children have abounding vitality. I love his language. I love the way it's worded. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit. I love this phrase, fierce and free. Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. Every parent understands this, right? Do it again, do it again, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. Every parent gets this. I'm like, even last night, uh, I was playing with my little girls. So out of my five kids, my two little ones, and I love little Julia and Kara. So they, they come running in and they want to play with daddy. They always want to dance with daddy and play with daddy. And it's wonderful. And last night they wanted to do piggyback rides. So, you know, I, I get down, I get the little girls on my back and I start, you know, you know galloping around the house with the little girl. <laughs> I just did that in church. I hope that's okay. And, uh, you know, making funny noises and playing and go, you know goofing off with my kiddos, loving every minute of it, you know, and then, and then I, it's my turn, daddy. So I put one down, I pick up the next little girl and I'm running around and it's my turn, daddy. I put the next one down and start running around and pretty soon. And it's like (laughs) dad's dying and my turn daddy do it again do it again do it again do it again and literally last night i was like no more turns no more turns dad needs a break i'm nearly dead i'm exhausted right like they will wear you out but think about what he says this is so good for grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony what a sentence This next couple of sentences, the first time I read it, I I literally wept. But perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. Oh man, this is so beautiful. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. God is infinitely younger and full of vitality, infinitely younger than we are. What a thought! I I grew up in the south, so like Oklahoma, and we lived in Texas before moving here, so like Oklahoma, Texas area, that's prairie land, up here is forest. You have lots and lots and lots of trees. Uh, But where I grew up, it's less populated by far. So the whole area is less populated. And uh, I, you know, and I, I grew up in prairie land. In fact, I even have, it's not Oklahoma, Texas, but I have a relative that owns a buffalo ranch. It's like a cousin of my parents. I don't know how that works in connection. But I know what it's like to stand on prairie land and about as far as you can see just to see open prairie land. And I know what it's like to see fields of flowers blooming. You don't see that in Indiana. At least I haven't. It's just too treed. But when you're in real prairie land and it's the right time of year, you can literally see fields of flowers. I mean, it literally looks like millions of flowers blooming across endless apparent prairie land. And, and, and Chesterton's thought that God himself comes down and since he is like a child fierce and free and full of vitality and energy, he is infinitely more mature than us and infinitely younger than us. He's not a tired old man. I hate the representations of God that paint him as like this tired old man who's got achy joints and a big long gray beard. No, God is infinitely younger than you and I. It is you and I who grow old, not God. And in that fierce and free vitality and enjoyment of creativity, God gets down on a field and he looks at this little flower coming up out of the ground and it blooms and it's like he looks at the angels and it's like he's like, you know, God created him. He's like, that was cool, let's do it again. And he watches the next one. he doesn't grow old and worn out, we do. So look at your list again. Every good moment on there God does not grow weary of making beautiful moments. He wants to do them again and again and again and again and again. He is fierce and free and full of vitality, unending in energy and excitement. And every beautiful moment that he makes, he loves to pour his charity into them. And he says, do it again. It's who he is. Let me say it one more time. I believe the enemy, I believe the enemy works fervently. Massive spiritual warfare to separate your awareness of God from the good things. James 1.17 says this, every good gift, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights where there is no variation or shadow due to change. God always says, do it again to every beautiful gift. He loves it. It's His nature. It is charity. God is love. It is scriptural. Do it again. Uh, Anybody here read or studied much of John Piper, Dr. John Piper over the years? He's a pretty prolific modern writer. I don't know if anybody has. I've read and studied him quite a bit. And uh, back in the 80s, he wrote an article. He's still around and kicking out good information. And Dr. John Piper wrote an article uh, entitled, How to Drink Orange Juice to the Glory of God. That just sounds like an 80s article, right? How to Drink Orange Juice to the Glory of God. And what Doctor Piper basically does is he tries to connect. Well, this is so theologically important. Oh, my 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 friends, Christian friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, to you. It is so theologically important that you connect good things with God as the origin. That is a theologically important thing to do. And Doctor John Piper, he basically says this: John Piper believes that non-believers, and I love you, if you're not a Christian. Listen closely. This is Dr. Piper's idea that he's offering us. Dr. Piper believes that non-believers can't experience the true purpose of beautiful moments. What is the purpose of being on the beach and going, wow, this is so good? Is it literally just the you know, hormone rush in the moment? Is it literally just the endorphin drop in the moment? Is it literally just a, like, what is the purpose of this? Dr. John Piper believes that non-believers can't experience the true purpose of beautiful moments. What is the purpose? Unbelievers, he says, this is quoted from his article back in the 80s, unbelievers cannot use even orange juice for the purpose God intended. What a thought. Namely, as an occasion for heartfelt gratitude to God from a true heart of faith. What does he mean by this? What he means is, Every good moment, every beautiful moment, every time that somebody sits there and goes, wow, this is so good. The purpose of that is to declare the goodness and glory of God. And when you separate a good feeling from God, you remove the purpose of the good moment, which is to glorify God as the very fountain of love itself. God is the place where all the beauty comes from. I'm going to invite Josh up and I'm going to pull some of these ideas to a close here in a minute. When we connect our beautiful moments back to God as the source, so on your list, every good thing on there, God is the source of it. We enter into a new level of prayer and worship. Oh man, this is so big. That foreshadows heaven itself. On my list, I wrote a list too. Um, One of the things on my list, yours might not be this way, but one of the things that I would have on my list is... uh, and I actually don't remember if I put this one on the list or not, but it's one that's been, would definitely be on it if I thought about it for very long. It's when each of my babies were born. Like that was, that was, a, that was a cool moment. And the odd thing with babies is it's not just my moment, it's Leslie's moment, my wife. So five kids. We had six, we lost one, we had five that we were able to see all the way through. And I remember being like in the delivery room, especially after we had the, we had a a hard, we had a hard miscarriage as lots of people have. And when you kind of work through that and then you have a birth, it's just like, it feels, it's like you wanna protect everything in it. I know that feeling, I'm sure others do too. You look over and, and you see, like I would watch Leslie as she hold the babies, all five of them. And there would be this moment, right? Like little babies have a smell. Now I smell it too, but it doesn't hit my heart in quite the same way. Like I smell a new baby, I'm like that's unique. What do you want me to say? But I'm telling you, God put into the baby smell some pheromone thing that grabs on to mamas. Have you ever noticed this? Like mamas, grandmas, you get this. Like you hold that little baby and soak it in. It's like everything inside you just like ignites. And you're like, oh, that's the best. I, I don't get it. I'm a guy. It's not quite the same for me. But man, I would watch my wife and my wife. And when those babies were born and I'd watch her and she'd hold them. And I just, she'd been through so much. The trauma of having a baby. And she's laying there. We're in the hospital room. And they're all so tiny at that point. And the babies are just like laying on on Leslie's shoulder up here, and she would just smell them. And it's like, I'm watching something come alive in her. You know, just soaking that baby smell in. So I'm watching her. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying watching her, enjoying connecting with the babies. And God made that moment and my moment of enjoying her. God made that moment that we might worship Him as the fountain of all good things. But see, God is fierce and free, abounding in vitality and love. He enjoys not just that one unique moment, but billions of unique moments. So some of you, it's a beach. Some of you, it's a graduation. Some of you, it's an act of generosity. Some of you, it's, there's a whole bunch of different ways in which good things can happen. It's not just that one. There's tons of different ones that could be an example. Not just that one. And the beauty of it is God looks down and so like, if it's the hospital room, it's like God is there and he watches it, he's like, wait for it, wait for it. This is gonna be so good. Watch my creation, enjoying my heart and everything I made. Watch, 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 like all of heaven is gazing in. And right there in that moment, and then my wife goes, and she goes, oh, this is good. And God goes, let's do it again. And he goes to the next room. And he sits there and he watches and the baby comes in and, and the mother's kind of recovering from everything and the baby hits the arms and, and she's holding the little baby and she's there and God's like, wait, 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 wait for it, wait for it, this is a good moment right here, wait, wait, wait. And God watches that mama go. And God, fierce and free, endless in vitality, infinitely younger than us, he looks at that moment and he looks at his crew and he's like, hey angels, let's, let's do it again. And he goes to the next room and the next room and the next room over and over and over again. And every flower and every field, every beach, every moment, every vacation, when you hike and you go to the mountains, every hiker that crests every hill and looks at every beautiful valley, every person that watches every glorious sunrise, and he looks and he says, do it again. And the person down the road that watches it cry do it again. That's God infinitely young, fierce and free, love in who he is, as the scripture says, pouring out his nature on humanity. Do you understand this is what heaven is? Heaven is an infinite pouring out of the glory of God where all of creation in worship is forever saying, do it again. The creator and the created together in harmony. Good is that. My friends, don't let the enemy give you. Oh, I worded this so intentionally. Don't let the enemy give you beauty amnesia. The good feelings absent from the awareness of their source. Don't let the enemy give you beauty amnesia. A couple things that you can do as we close this out. Thank you again to the hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds of people that have been a part of the 21 days of prayer all around the city. Thank you for doing that. Bringing prayer into your daily rhythms. How cool is that? Thank you for participating in that. And of course... Look around has been a part of that. And I want to encourage you when you look around. Yes, pray for the needs of others. Petition on their behalf. So when you're at your workplace and you get that little text and it's like, remember to pray for those around you. Yes, pray. My person down the hall, they don't know who who you are. You know, or this individual is having a health issue or this individual. Petition for people. That's great. Do that. Don't stop doing that. But add this in. And it doesn't only have to be at midday. Add in seeing the beauty of God. Reconnecting beautiful things and God as the source. Add that in, and it'll begin to do something significant in your spirit. It could be any time. It doesn't have to be noon. It could be morning and night, the sunrise. When you're driving to work and you get that text message, it goes, bing, start your day by lifting your eyes. As the sun rises, lift your eyes. You get that little text message. And if you're driving down the road, say you look out and you see the sunrise. Don't just go, oh, that's pretty. Connect it to God as the source. So look at the sunrise and go, thank you, God, for making this moment where I see the beautiful sunrise. And if you got the time, oh guys, if you have the time, hopefully you can manage your time well enough, you can do this once in a while, and you see the sunrise, pull over. You can't get out of the car, it's freezing outside. I don't want you to get frostbite on my bed, but stay in your car, right? It's fine. Pull over and angle it where you can kind of see the sunrise and just pause for maybe a minute and just sit in it. Maybe close your eyes as the sun comes through the window and just feel the warmth of that sunrise and say this. Thank you, God, for making this moment. You give beauty back its purpose when you do that. Do it with the sunset. When you're walking through the house in the evening and you look out your window and you see the sun come across the horizon and the golden hue washes over the trees in your backyard and maybe in your window. Stop, don't just go, oh, that's pretty and go on. Stop, stop, give beauty back its purpose stop and look at it and just go. Thank you, God, for making this moment. Thank you. Give beauty back its purpose. The next thing I want you to do to close the service out is look at your list again. The last time I'm gonna ask you to do it, I told you we do it a bunch this morning. Look at your list one more time. Pick one thing on there that is like objectively a good thing, like it was just beautiful. Could have been a vacation, a trip, Whatever, the day you were married, the day you graduated, the day you finished a marathon, the day your baby was born, you know, or like the guy this morning, it was a counseling session. I was in a counseling session and all of a sudden it dawned on me, I'm not bound by my past. I can't tell you how freeing that was. Maybe for you, it's a counseling session. I don't know, but pick one of those moments. And I want God even now inspire our imagination. I want you to remember it, remember it. Here in a moment, I want you to close your eyes. Maybe put your hand on it. Circle it on your paper, right? Put your hand on it and then close your eyes and just sit in that moment. Remember going there. Remember being there. Remember breathing in the new baby smell or going to the ocean or feeling the warm sun or hiking that ridge or the fresh pine tree, whatever it is for you, that moment where God just awoke your heart in a new way or broke you free from a past sin, whatever it is. You know, the day you said, I do, I don't know. But just remember that moment in all of its glorious beauty. Remember every detail that you can. Every detail, remember what you can. And just say, thank you, God. And then what I want you to do is this. It's so cool how today lined up, we have the table today. So then when we prepare for communion, Ty's going to lead us, right? Aren't you leading today? Ty's leading today here in the service. And so when Ty finishes setting up communion and he invites you forward, I want you to bring your card with you. You don't have to, but if you want to, bring your card with you. If you have a prayer request, write it down. You can add it to the card. If you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, mark it on the card. Rededicate your life, mark it on the card. If there's anything else, any other work that you need to do, mark it on the card. That's fine. But what I want you to do is I want you to bring your card up with the circled thing, you know, or whatever it is that really spoke to your heart that you sat in. And I want you just to pause at the altar. Find a spot up here. Maybe just set it down. Put your hand on it. And before the very emblem of sacrificial love, just say, I mean, sit in it. Don't hurry. Stop hurrying. Sit in it. Up here before God again. And just put your hand on it. And just say, thank you, God. Do them again. And then in the wonderful metaphor, this, I mean, this day couldn't have worked out better In a wonderful metaphor. You're going to, after you're done there, you're going to come to receive communion at the table. And then you remember thanking God for what it is. Then you come here and you remember God is the place where all the beauty comes from. The beauty, its source you are physically going to move and help connect them back together again. So, oh my gosh, I'd love being your pastor. I'd love that I get to do this. Lord, thank you. Just take time, look at your list and go before God in prayer and remember that moment in detail. when you're invited up to take communion, bring it up here, pause and thank God, and then remember the source of it all. So look at your list. Remember that moment. In prayer, go.